Hey, Brenna. Hi, Maureen. When I'm reconnecting my headphones, you know, because I do the, I take off the audio and it's syncing up. I hold my breath sometimes. And I don't know why I do that. <laughs> um, I think we talked about this on the show, but um, I don't know how. I, we've either talked about this on the show or we've talked about this in real life. Um, but yeah. I don't know how, like, uh, universal this is. Because I know for a fact it, like, was not universal. Because I'm pretty sure me and my siblings started doing it because we watched Casper, like the 1990s version. Um, did you hold your breath when you passed by a cemetery? Um, as a child, yes. Okay. I thought this was universal. I, I think I also thought it was universal because like my mom would say, like, oh, hold your breath, the ghost will go in. And we're like, Ugh. I think it was just like a way to make us shut up. But a, a smart la- a lady. Yeah. But also, like, I, I think something more universal is the uh, uh, holding your breath going through a tunnel. Well, it's not like we really... We had one tunnel Right, well, no, I know. There aren't many tunnels in Middle America, but there's some. Yeah. I think it's probably more popular in more urban areas where there's a little more tunnels. I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of rural areas (laughs) that have tunnels now, and I just don't know because we don't have mountains. (laughs) Yeah. I also liked... I also think it's very funny that there are so many people who think Minnesota has mountains. (laughs) It's like... I don't know why people think that. They're just like, oh, the mountains. I'm like, you got to go a little bit more west. That's south and North Dakota you're thinking of. We are pretty darn flat. We have a couple, but they're not in any ways big or a mountain. They're like just hills. (laughs) We we have our lakes. um, Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, Wisconsin doesn't really have mountains either, I suppose. No, no, we do not. We just have hills as well. Yeah. Anywho, anything to say before we uh, talk about what we're reading? Nah. Okay, what are you reading? Did I talk about what moved the dead last time? No. Oh, well, okay then. So, I have been reading What Moves the Dead by T. King Fisher. Ooh. And it's a it's, it's a shorter book, which is nice. Um, and I'm about halfway through it. And it's about this warrior who I think I think they are a retired warrior mm. who goes to visit some friends who, who one is ill and um, they live in a spooky place. Oh, uh, well, so <laughs> yep. So there, there's they some uh, out some fun mushroom dead. stuff. Mushroom stuff. Uh oh. Yeah, and the rabbits are acting funky. So uh, that's we'll a see. lot of spooky it's things. A, it's a spooky book. You? So, uh, my sister borrowed me this book, um, and it is called "Before They Were Artists: uh, Famous Illustrators as Kids" by Elizabeth Heidel, um, and it is a comic. It's like a it's not too long, but it goes over the lives of Hao Miyazaki, uh, uh, Tova Johansson, uh, Marie Sendak, uh, and, and quite a few other artists. Um, Jerry uh, Pinky, and then there's one, she's a Mexican-American artist. I gotta look at uh, uh, Juzi Morales, I believe is how you say her name. And then also uh, Wanda Gog. Um, and it was interesting because reading this book, I got my cat fact today. So, oh, that's very exciting. Look forward to that, folks. We'll be uh, looking into a little bit more about Wanda Gog, whose name is spelled G A G, but it's not Gag; it's Gog. Um, Excellent. So yeah, that's uh, and I. I even made sure to read another book since we're doing a double today. So I even have another book for next episode. Oh, I know. I don't. All right. (laughs) But we have a new book now. We have a new book now because I'm Emberheart. And I'm Tangletongue. And this is Warrior Cats. What is that? It's sunset. As disappointed as I am, they didn't go in order. It is a fitting book to choose sunset for the end. 
Um, yep, yep. And I... No. Oh, shoot. Hold on. I was editing last, last episode, and I wrote... I had notes. I had questions that I wanted to oh. talk about before we got into... Hold on. One second. One second. <laughs> All right. Ugh, can't believe I forgot this. Maybe not questions, but like just some comments I had about some things. Okay. That uh, I think I was too flabbergasted by how the last book ended to really like <laughs> get all my questions out. Um, <laughs> these notes are very clear and make sense, Brenna. Um, yeah. So my first bullet point. Was leaf pool plus parents? Question mark. Question mark. Um, which I think it was just like, w- whoa! Did we get to like see at all the fallout or like leaf pool and her parents and her parents being like, hey, wow, that was super uncool, and maybe we should actually keep a closer eye on you and not just be so dismissive of your feelings because you literally ran away, and we're gonna give up your our entire way of life for like for him. Which, like, we all have mixed emotions about, uh, uh, great, great, uh, not gray striped Jesus, uh, about Crowfeather, but, like, he ended up being, like, pretty stellar about, like, not being a jerk and being <laughs> like, no, I think this is right. You should do what feels right in your heart, even if that means we can't be together. And, but then, like, <laughs> we, like, we didn't see. We didn't really get to see Firestar losing one of his best friends, like, his reaction at all. Like, his other BFF from his childhood just died, and that was- Wait, who? Cinderpelt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, literally his first apprentice. Forgot about that. Yeah. So did the Aaron's. Yeah. Like, well, we're not done yet. Okay, we are not, just, we are not just, moving I'm on. I'm pointing it out because these are the things I need resolved before the end of this. Okay. Um, if they don't happen, this book, I'm going to be a, a gog and a gas. Is what I'm saying. So, what I need is I. Oh need- no, we're going to get we're we're we'll get through that in the first few chapters. Okay, good, good. We're what we're going to be dealing is- with the aftermath. Okay, good. I I need Leaf pulling her parents to sit down and have a disco, and I need um. Uh, Fireheart, Firestar, to be like, hmm, that was like one of my best friends that just died. Um, and I am running out of people who liked me when I came to this clan. Um, like we got, we have Longtail. He's here, but he did not really like me, even though he's like chill now. Um, and I guess Dustpelt's here, but like he has a lot going on. Um, <laughs> uh. My other question was high place. High place is that just what we call um, the ledge above our our? It's high ledge. High ledge. Okay, because I heard you say that in the recording, and I was like, "Is that is that just what we call that?" I need to clarify. Yeah, yeah. It, I mentioned at some point that the other cats had started calling it that. Like cats around camp had. Firestar hadn't, like, given it a name yet, but everybody's just calling that high ledge. Well, that's how things happen, though, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, in, in college, there's there's Liquor Alley, but that's because I hid liquor there once. <laughs> but, like, no one else calls it that. I just call it that. Um, I was legal. I just, like, didn't want to carry uh, my drinks all the way home. Actually, that was your bait. Like, the, the, like, weird... That was... It was like the, yeah, that weird little cave under my under your house, the, ca- the bat house. Um, <laughs> it was yeah. Um, and then I I wrote two other bullet points. I'm not quite sure what I meant by them, but I think I can figure it out. Um, one bullet point was just Brightheart, um, and I think that was like saying, "Does Brightheart like Brightheart can't be like the next medicine cat apprentice?" Because like this, I don't know why. Leafpool even thought that was a solution because Brightheart is married and has a kid. Like she definitely yeah, doesn't I guess qualify. She'd... So I don't know she'd why. Have to give that up. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. Why? I don't know why. Like Leafpool definitely said she's like, well, she has Brightheart. When it's like she doesn't though, because Brightheart can't from the rules. The same reason you're leaving is the reason why Brightheart won't work out. So I don't know why you think this yeah. is a solution. Um, 
And then my other bullet point was when apprentice question mark, which is very clear, Brenna. Thank you for that. Um, but I'm pretty sure I meant by that was like, when do we know? Like, how do we? Because it's it's very interesting that like leaders like have to have a deputy. Leaders have to have a deputy, except for Firestar because he has issues. Yeah, like if they leaders go, they have to have a deputy, which I think is interesting because. Leaders technically have more opportunity to not die than, like, a medicine cat does. Like, a medicine cat only has one life, and they don't necessarily have to have an apprentice. Yeah, but they're also not necessarily running into battles. But they could get sick. They, yeah, they like could. I don't I I just think it's a little bit interesting that we're like oh well medicine cats don't need extra lives but also they don't need to have an apprentice right away when in reality look what just happened to Cinderpelt like Cinderpelt was young um no one was expecting yeah. her to get murdered but she did yep and also like we've seen it before um we don't have a Geneva Convention. And when war happens, like, kind of, like, we don't really have, like, a Red Cross. We don't have, like, it's in the real world, too. Like, people, in war times, people don't care if you're not supposed to kill the doctor. People will kill the doctor. Like, we've seen that happen before, where we've seen the medicine cat be targeted. Yeah, we will... It is a plot point, but not for the very far future. It's a plot point in another clan okay, in but I just, a while. I just, I'm just pointing out, I don't think it necessarily has to change. I just think it's interesting. I just think it's interesting. Yeah, that, no, I, I agree. That, that, you know, this code of ethics that we mostly try to stick to, um, except for some yeah. outliers. Um, I just think it's interesting that most of the time, folks are pretty like, oh, yeah, medicine cats we leave those guys alone. Like that's it. it, And it seems it's really the messed up dudes like Tiger Star or like blood clan or literal badgers. Um, that, uh, yeah. Badgers don't, aren't part of our code. No, they obviously, it's interesting. Midnight kind of mentioned that they kind of have their own little society. Um, yeah. And and it is interesting. We saw hints that like, you know, it was actually a discussion of where they were going to hit first and why. And, um, and that Midnight was able to be like, guys, I don't think this is a good idea. And, you know, the fact that Midnight was even able to say that and not die um, means that Badgers maybe have a little bit of a little bit of a, you know, consciousness, but apparently not enough. Um, so <laughs> I just uh, I just think it's interesting how the Medicine Cats work where they're like, OK, you can just be on your own for a bit. Um, make sure to pick like a apprentice like once you get kind of old um or just like whenever god tells you because the nice thing about yeah i mean that's the thing though it can't just be any cat it's weird that star clan they don't really interfere too much but except for medicine cats they seem to be like all right medicine cats you guys will make sure that you guys aren't just like absolutely screwed over we promise we will screw you over but we'll make sure you have someone to take care once you're dead but leaders they're like, we'll give you guys so many chances, but we will throw everything yeah. we can at you. <laughs> so it's like, wow, um, God has favorites and it's not you <laughs> towards the leaders. <laughs> but also I think they're like, we got to get through leaders because sometimes they suck. Yeah. Uh, so, All right. You ready for sunset? Yes. Ready for some questions answered? Maybe. I hope so. Well, first, some book info. <gasps> so... Sunset was pub- originally published December 26, 2006. Merry Christmas. Oh, Happy New Year. Yeah. Wait, to the, wait. Um, December 6th or 26th? 26th. That's my sister's birthday. Oh, well, this was made just for her. Happy birthday, Terry. Happy birthday, Terry. Um, it was written by Cherith Baldry. Hmm. And on the original cover, we see Hawk Frost, and then uh, around him is Leafpool looking into a vision on the lake. Very pretty. Oh, the vision. The vision about the blood. No, no. Uh, uh, much uh, prettier vision. 
Hawkfrost doesn't deserve a pretty vision. Hawkfrost has his blood vision and he will keep it. I know that we haven't, like, yet proven that the blood will run red is about Hawkfrost, but come on! <laughs> but come on! Also, um, hey, Leafpool, sweetie, honey, baby, now that you're- the Oh, only- look at that, I just dropped it to you. Oh, now that you're the only medicine cat, I, like, super duper need you to tell the other medicine cats about the literal vision of hell and also, like, death and destruction you've been getting. Not, yeah. like, no rush, but can you do me a solid? Oh, that looks gorgeous. Right? It's very pretty. Um, and then on the reprinted cover with the new artist, um, Firestar is on it. Like, doesn't Firestar have enough covers? No, apparently not. <laughs> not when he's a dad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, so that's all that's really interesting about this book. So Are you ready for the prologue? <sighs> yeah, I guess. Is it going to no. break my heart again? Um. Okay, just get through no. it. A massive tabby stalks through the shadows of a dark forest. Oh. There are no moon or stars in the sky, but the glow of fungus on the tree trunks lights the ground. Ah, uh, mushroom hell. Yep. The tabby opens his mouth to scent the air, but he won't find prey here. The twitching of the ferns and the shadows flickering from the corner of his eye meant nothing. But he does scent something. A cat. Not the two he'd been meeting, but someone he'd known long ago. And a cat bounds across the clearing to him, ears flat, eyes wide with terror, and he slides to a halt, cowering on the ground. Tigerstar, where did you come from? I thought I was alone here. Tigerstar tells Darkstripe to get up and stop cringing like a terrified kit. <laughs> Weren't you just asking about this loser? I was! I was like, where did, did they... I was like, I could have sworn... I was like, oh, they must just, like, all have their own individual, like, bad place they go when they don't go to um, Star Clan. But it looks like they just put them in a really big, big, uh, dark uh, fungus forest and are like, oh, hope they don't meet up. Well, Darkstripe doesn't understand this place. Where are they? Where is Star Clan? Tigerstar tells him that Star Clan does not walk here. Yeah, bro, you thought Darkstripe after poisoning asked, why not? a baby you were gonna get into heaven? <laughs> That's a pretty big ask. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Well, why is it always dark here? Where's the moon? He thought they'd be hunting across the sky with their warrior ancestors. You watching over tried their to kill mates, a baby. Which, yeah, you tried to kill a baby. You don't get to do the that. fun undead stuff after that. Your mom was not going to let you in. She literally barricaded the door and looked at everyone and said, try. And they're like, we actually, okay, we weren't going to argue with you. Nobody actually wants him here. <laughs> and and she's like, I need someone to argue with me so I can feel vindicated. And so Blue Star stepped up and like pretended. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tiger Star hisses. That isn't the way for them. But he doesn't need Starlight to follow his path. If Star Clan thinks they can forget about them, they are wrong. Oh, we're breaking into heaven. Tiger Star. Tiger Star says that Firestar thought he won when Scourge took his nine lives, but he's a fool. What lies between them isn't over yet. Darkstripe asks what he could possibly do to Firestar now. They can't leave the forest. Darkstripe has tried. It's never ending. Darkstripe follows Tiger Star through the undergrowth. And Darkstripe says he can smell Broken Star. Is he here too? Tigerstar says that he will scent traces of many cats, but rarely meet one face to face. They are all trapped in one place, but they are trapped alone. Why did these two get to see each other? I don't know. Gay love. Well, Darkstripe asks... (laughs) Darkstripe asks again how he'll deal with Firestar. And Tigerstar says he won't. His sons will. 
Ah! Hawk Frost. Hawk Frost and Brambleclaw will show Firestar that the battle is far from won. Darkstripe asks how he plans that. And Tigerstar says he's learned to walk in their dreams. And he has time. All the time in the world. When they destroy Firestar, Tigerstar will make them leaders of their own clans and show them what true power is. Darkstripe says they couldn't have a better teacher. Tigerstar will teach them their best fighting skills, and he'll teach them to have no mercy on any cat who dares oppose them. And in the end, they will divide the territory around the lake between them. Soon there will be two clans of purebred warriors. We're like, still on this doing again? this? And like, oh, oh, well, and he says not weakened by kitty pets or half-blood cats. That's, but if they're you put both two that. clans together. They're both half-blood cats. Gosh, I... It's so, it's so weird. Why wouldn't he choose... Why wouldn't he choose... Like, it, okay, his choice of Hawkfrost makes, like, sense. Because he doesn't know the whole history. Hawkfrost wasn't there. Yeah. Brambleclaw still doesn't make sense. Um, but also, um... You tried this when you were alive, Tiger Star. You tried it. It didn't work. And you lost so hard, you died nine times at once. Like, I don't think you have the skills to do this because you sucked. Like, you did some really messed up stuff, and I love the drama, and I'm loving this. Like, this is so sexy, fun, and cool. Like, just, or what... (laughs) Uh, yeah, like, I'm loving it. It's very TLC of you. But, um, like, <laughs> do you think having Darkstripe here is going to help? Because he never did anything stylish or sexy or cool. He poisoned a baby. Well, we'll see. Um, yeah, but, like, will we? Because I just think he's, like, this time. This time, now that I'm dead, I'm going to do it. <sighs> like, it's like, wow, points for, like, gumption i guess never give up on your dreams yeah don't let your dreams be dreams folks (laughs) even when you're an undead super dead cat who lost so hard that he didn't even get a chance tiger star says hawk frost is fearless and he proved that when he drove out the badger and he showed wisdom helping his sister become a medicine cat her support will smooth his path to leadership and he, like, never mentions his sister's name. I like, was like, did he do that? Your... I don't think he did that. <laughs> but that's also, like, just, that's your kid, too, you know? Yeah, that's, like, why would you not? That's also your kid. But then again, she doesn't believe, like, he, the reason he's done. Yeah, I know, she's an atheist. <laughs> yeah, the reason he's like, yeah, like, Darkstrap's like, well, why don't we bring her in? He's like, she won't pick up my calls. <laughs> but she's, she's, she's a pawn in my game. Is she? Is she a pawn in your game? <laughs> Well, Hawk Frost knows that power only comes from those who want it most. As for Brambleclaw, Tiger Star starts. He has courage, but he's troubled by his loyalty to that fool Firestar. He must learn that nothing can stand in his way. Not his leader, not the warrior code, not Star Clan. He earned the respect of every cat making the journey that led the clans to their new home. His reputation alone should make it easy for him to take control. And Tigerstar will show him how. Hey, Hey, man, I want to put my hand on your shoulder. You're going to lose this one. Because let me tell you something. Brambleclaw is not just loyal to Firestar. He is in deep for uh, his daughter. Like, (laughs) Squirrel Flight. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, you might we be able have to get- Lion King to this. Like, you might be able to get over his loyalty to Firestar, but believe you me, you will not get rid of his loyalty to that girl. Like, 
And if he ever tried something on Firestar, that girl would beat him oh up. Oh my god. So like you don't hard. even know. She would put him in the ground. He's so whipped that they are super broken up and he's still bitter about it. Like he is mad that he lost that. If they were like still together, like maybe, but no, you're not gonna win that fight, <sighs> trust me. And it's not because of Firestar. Firestar's loyalty has nothing to do with it. It is entirely that spunky, sexy <laughs> gal that he cannot forget about no matter what happened it's like oh man toxic relationships though sometimes that codependency does end up uh beating a plot for fascism (laughs) sometimes baby mamas do win (laughs) hey girls hey hey honeys uh you keep that boy out of the alt pipeline by just being like hey i think um we should have rights and he's like well wait a minute uh, I'm just kidding. If you- my dad says you shouldn't, here, let me beat up your dad. Yeah. Also, um, I don't think you should. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just saying. Oh, this is a no way. Us give you advice. Don't sleep with a person to try to make them less of a fascist. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. No, please don't. Stay away from them. Darkstripe says he'll help Tiger Star. No, you won't. Tiger Star says he needs no help. <laughs> He just said every cat walks this forest alone. Darkstripe shivers, but it's so empty and silent. Tigerstar, let me come with you. No, Tigerstar says with a hint of regret, but no hesitation. (laughs) He tells Darkstripe to not try and follow him. Cats have no friends or allies here. They must walk their path of shadows alone. Darkstripe asks where he's going now. Tiger Star is going to meet his sons. He bounds away, leaving Darkstripe crouching in the ferns. Tiger Star turns back to make one last promise. Firestar will learn that Tiger Star's time isn't over yet. He may have lives left to lose, but he will stalk him through his sons until every one of them has been ripped from him. This is one battle that he will not win. That's, like, so funny you bring that up, because he has lives to lose, you have none. Um, and also, he already has an undead stalker, and she's doing a worse job. She's doing a better job of destroying his <laughs> life. Trust me. Yeah, right? Like, I would love... You know what? If it, Hey, Spotty Leaf, if you're gonna be this, like, undead, like, uh you know, dimension hopping uh, baddie, why don't you jump into the hell mushroom uh, forest for a little bit and just beat the crap out of Tiger Star? If you want to- Yeah, for Firestar. Do it for him. Yeah, for Firestar. You know, the thing you're doing, like, the reason you you have your hands and your fingers and everyone else is putting, like, jump into this one. Please. <sighs> Do you want to hit me with a cat fact? All right. Like I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, the book I read, uh, the before they were artists, former uh, famous illustrators as kids, uh, went over the childhood of Wanda Gog, um, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute! There's like some really interesting cat facts in here." Um, Ooh! So Wanda Gog, uh, she was born in New Ulm, Minnesota. Whoa! That's uh, what? that's here. Uh, it's about an hour. It's that like two there. hours from here, actually, um, where I am. But close enough. Yeah. So uh, she grew up uh, in a family of artists. Um, her father was actually a painter uh, by trade, um, and he, you know, very much instilled that into his children. He he had seven. Uh, Wanda was the eldest. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh. He, he actually passed away at age 48 when she was only 15. Oh, and his final ouch. his final words actually really stuck with her. Uh, what Papa couldn't do, Wanda will have to finish. Very fitting of what we're uh, talking about in the book. But he was talking about art and being like, hey, I think you should really, you should pursue your passion and be an artist. And she was like, okay, I'm taking that to heart. I'm going to do that because she loved painting with him and like, working in the studio and he yeah. encouraged it um very rare uh for like the 1800s when well late 1800s where this was happening um so wanda was like i'm gonna do that um so even though she was the eldest of seven children um she went and she finished school 
while helping out around the house and making sure that all of her siblings finished their schooling too. She, she's like, yeah, this might be like, go girl. She's like, I could give up my education and like go start working. And people are telling me to do that, but no, I'm I'm gonna help my family and I'm going to uh, also make sure I get my degrees. And she did that. Yeah. Um, she eventually moved to uh, Manhattan and in New Jersey uh, to the East Coast. Um, and she started her career as a commercial artist. Um, and her mom was also an artist, I should mention. Um, and uh, when she was displaying some of her artwork in New Jersey, uh, an editor was like, have you ever like made thought about making a children's book? And she's like, no, but I should do that. And she did that. Uh, she <laughs> ended up creating um, a revolutionary children's books called uh, Millions of Cats. Um, which some of you guys, I, it's one of those books that I hadn't recognized. I didn't like, I didn't recognize it immediately, but as soon as I looked at the cover, I was like, oh my God, I've read this book. Um, basically the story is this old couple are like, the wife is like, I really want a cat. I want like the prettiest cat in the world. And husband's like, I can do that. And he goes out into this hill and finds millions and trillions of cats. And he's like, oh crap, which one's the prettiest? And he's like looking around, looking around. He's like, oh, I can't really decide. I'll bring some of them home. All of the cats follow him home. <laughs> and the wife's like, I, what the heck? Why we have, we cannot feed all these cats? He's like, uh, good point. And he goes, uh, he's like, hey, got, hey cats, which one of you is the prettiest? And all the cats start fighting. <laughs> Um, <laughs> until there's only one cat left that was hiding and was like, I don't really think I'm that pretty. So I just didn't, I didn't take part of the fight. And they're like, Ooh, this is our cat. And they end up taking care of the cat till it's the prettiest Aww. cat. Um, and this book was revolutionary because it pioneered the, um, the double print spread of a children's book where like one page flows oh. into another rather than having like one page stationary with text and images. Um, and she actually didn't like any of like the typeface that she was looking at. So her brother, like I said, a family of artists actually did hand lettering for the entire book, which was also uh, became very popular after she did it. Um, and even though this book was first published in 1928, so the, in the throes of the great depression, it sold, it sold like hotcake. It was like <laughs> very popular. Um, and the the cats in the book were modeled after her own two cats who Aww. she often uh drew uh whose names were Snoopy and Snooky um oh that's so cute and not only were they in this book but she also did other art there's um a particular piece i found which shows um it's titled Snoopy in Lewis Gannett's garden um and it's just her cat in this beautiful painting um it it looks like it is Aww. Uh, it's a lithograph, so it's kind of like uh, that etched look, and it's almost like Alice in Wonderlandy, and it's this cat sleeping on a stump, all just laid out and curled out, its tail out, um, or like surrounded by flowers and other stumps and uh, uh, flora. It's very beautiful. I will have it linked. Um, and so she's often inspired by her cats, and she went on to create many books. However, Millions of Cats uh, was probably her most popular and her most successful, and it is actually, in fact, the oldest American children's book that is still in print. Um, wow, so, that is so cool. Yeah, that is uh, the the oldest American children's book. So there you go. It's millions of cats. Uh, cats are that that, <laughs> that good. Um, yeah. Well, obviously we know that. <laughs> and uh, her legacy lives on in New Ulm. Uh, her childhood house was restored and create turned into a museum that you can visit today. And oh, that's so cool. In 2016, a bronze statue of uh, Wanda Gog was uh, unveiled, uh, done by Jason Jasperson, um, and it is outside the New Ulm Public Library. And it is a bronze statue of her sitting and sketching one of her cats. Uh, and Aww. you can view that right outside the New Home Library. Because uh, obviously uh, she loved reading and she loved cats and art. And I think it's a perfect place for a tribute to her. So, yep, that is That's lovely. That is Wanda Gog. And she did a bunch of stuff. I didn't even like go over all the different things that she worked on and all the things her oh, parents yeah. did. I will have like her wiki uh, 
linked. Um, if you have the chance to read before they were artists, um, Wanda Gogg's like the first artist that they even talk about. And I was like, whoa. Um, but they go over a lot of really famous illustrators, not only American illustrators, but like I said, Hao Miyazaki and uh, uh, Juji uh, Morales, uh, who is um, obviously, uh, she is from Mexico. She's um, uh, uh, immigrated to um, the US. And also what I like is they also go over artists that are still living. So, uh, not Wanda. Wanda passed away in like the, she passed away at like 58 but she she did a lot in her time also and a lot of it was uh, inspired by her beloved cats Brambleclaw is in the middle of a destroyed Thunderclan camp oh I have a new drinking game for this book I think uh huh anytime Brambleclaw thinks about how much his clan or Firestar needs him okay <laughs> um also are we only got- are we only getting Brambleclaw perspective Um, maybe for this episode, but no. Okay, We good. will also get Leafpool. Oof! Leafpool has been our constant throughout the whole series. Yeah. She really has been. So it's always, yeah, it's either Leafpool, or it's Leafpool and someone else every book, so. Stormfur, Brambleclaw calls. What is he doing here? Oh, Stormfur right. touches noses with Brambleclaw. It's good to see him. He wanted to see if they'd found a place to live. Uh, but what happened here? Badgers. Badgers happened. We had a place to live and we can still live here. Just like it wasn't like a great. We just had a bad time. Yeah, yeah. You came on like a. Probably like the worst well, dime. Brooke takes. Brooke takes note of a long stra- scratch on Brambleclaw's shoulder, but he insists it's nothing. Uh he welcomes her to Thunderclan and is sorry that they traveled so far to find them in this state. Yeah, just a bad night. To be fair, we came across yes, you guys on a pretty bad time, too. Yeah. Well, he asks if everything is okay in the tribe of Rushing Water, and Brambleclaw hadn't expected a visit from them so soon. Stormfur and Brooke share a quick glance, but Stormster says everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just wanted to make sure that they found a pl- the you know the place that Starclan promised. No, no, no. Starclan made that promise to all of us. Hang on a second. Hang on a, a touch. What was that glance? What was that glance? Uh, uh, we traveled a long way. Glance. What's happening in the tribe rushing water? <laughs> well, Brambleclaw looks around at the devastated camp and the wounded cats. Yeah, we found it. Did you guys maybe come <laughs> back a different right. day? Like, I know this is so super rude, but, like, you didn't really give us a heads up at all. Brooke is just puzzled as to why badgers would even attack them. And Brambleclaw starts to explain, but Stormfur is like, uh, don't worry about that right now. What can we do to help? Aww. Brambleclaw sends a silent prayer to Starclan. He and Stormfur had been through a lot together on their journey. And there are very few cats that he'd rather have beside him now. Kiss him on the mouth, why don't you? <laughs> Do it. A wail comes from the edge of the hollow. They need to find the cats who are badly wounded. Brambleclaw warns that some of them will be on their way to join Star Clan. The badgers came to kill. But Stormfur promises they'll do what they can. Brambleclaw just has to tell them what to do. Stormfur asks if he's Thunderclan's deputy now. Oh, Brambleclaw admits that he's not. <laughs> wow, you're just coming at the he's wrong just time. Asking and asking all the, the hard questions. He's asking all the questions that really should have been like should have been asked. But my God. Well, Firestar still wants to give Graystripe time to return. That's tough, Stormfur says. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. <laughs> Brooke freezes. She hisses that she thought the badgers had gone. Stormfur tells her that that's, that's midnight. Friend. She won't hurt any cats. It's a girl. Midnight tells Stormfur that it's good to see him again, and Stormfur introduces Brooke. Midnight comes to Brambleclaw's side and expresses how her warning was too late. But Brambleclaw assures her that she did what she could. And they would have all died if she hadn't brought Wind Clan. But Midnight feels ashamed of her kin. 
Brambleclaw tells her that everyone knows the attack had nothing to do with her. She's always welcome in ThunderClan. Firestar is standing with One Whisker and the WindClan warriors, and Brambleclaw makes his way over, motioning for Stormfur and Brook to follow. On the way, he sees Leafpool bending over Ashfur's limp body. Mm-hmm. But he sees Ashfur's tail twitch and is relieved that StarClan won't be taking all of their warriors tonight. Oh, uh, what a shame. Oh, well, darn. I mean, at least... At least he isn't like being like, oh crap. Like he's like, oh thank <laughs> oh no. It's like, oh thank God he won't no, die. That's just me. Not like me being like I mean, I don't really have an issue with Ashford besides like him just kind of being a little clingy, which isn't necessarily bad, but Firestar looks rough. He's still breathing hard from fighting and his pelt is torn and bloody. He didn't lose life though, did he? Brambleclaw is worried for him. Had he lost a life? If not, he was badly injured. Brambleclaw silently vows to help Firestar until his own last breath. Together, they can bring their clan through this. Take a drink, that counts. (laughs) It's okay, um... (laughs) Dad, Dad, uh... Daddy Devil must be, like, really easing. Like, he's like, oh, hey guys, I'm just bringing you to the scary, scary undead woods... Um, in your dream times, because I just want to teach you guys some cool moves. Like, he must be really, like, easing them into it, you know? He's very much pipe- He's laying the pipes for the line. He's trying to make them fall down. He's showing them some cool YouTube videos where people make some jokes, and then they click on a couple other YouTube videos, and they end up going all of a sudden it's flat earth conspiracy theories and then then conspiracy theories that are anti-semitic basically (laughs) um yeah so because i feel like he wouldn't be like foo he is not dead if you know if you know yeah no and wouldn't be vowing to help him until brambleclaw's own last breath um it's like i die for firestar Tigerstar's like, yeah, we'll work on that. Firestar's eyes are bright despite his injuries. He's thanking One Star for all of ThunderClan. One Star doesn't think they'll have any more trouble, but offers to leave a couple warriors behind to keep watch. Firestar thanks him, but doesn't think they'll need it. The warmth in his eyes reveals the long friendship that he and One Star share. And Brambleclaw thanks StarClan that it looks like the tension between them was over. Kiss him on the mouth. God, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, moments here. (laughs) All these boys are having these moments. Firestar offers if the WindClan warriors need to be treated by their medicine cat, and Leafpool looks up in response. And Brambleclaw feels a stab of sympathy as he sees her seeking out Crowfeather. But Crowfeather kept his eyes on his paws, deliberately avoiding her gaze. The WindClan warriors that yeah. the WindClan warriors bore injuries, but nothing so serious that they couldn't wait to be treated in their own camp. So One Star says if Firestar's sure he doesn't need any more help, they'll return to their territory now. Crowfeather shoots Leafpool a despairing glance. They meet each other, heads bent close, and Brambleclaw overhears them. Leafpool is saying goodbye. She and Crowfeather They shouldn't see each other again. Crowfeather's eyes flash, but then he shakes his head. She's right, he says. It would have never worked. He will never mean enough to her. Which, oh, come on, dude. Leafpool sinks her claws into the ground. She tells him that he means more to her than he will ever know. Crowfeather says she's a medicine cat, and he understands what that means now. StarClan, go with you, Leafpool. I'll never forget you. Why did we not get this before? I don't know. Doesn't matter. I don't know. I guess maybe he gets, like, where her heart is and, like, the importance I mean, of her yeah, job isn't honestly, just... Honestly, Claw, take notes. <laughs> take notes <laughs> of healthy respect for boundaries. They touch noses quickly before Crowfeather turned back to his clanmates. Leafpool watches him leave. 
Webfoot stares darkly at Crowfeather, and Weaselfur turns his back. Okay. But One Star says nothing, just gathers his warriors to lead them out of camp. Firestar calls out one last thanks as they leave. Leafpool stands motionless until Crowfeather had vanished. She then heads to Cinderpout's den, and she summons Brightheart with a flick of her tail on the way. Brightheart asks her hesitantly if she's sure. Of course I'm sure, Leafpool says, her voice ragged with exhaustion and grief. Every cat in the clan is wounded, she says. She'll be glad for Brightheart's skills. And Brightheart's eyes gleam, and she follows Leafpool. Aww. That took, like... I mean, that that only took the death of your sister. Yeah. Oh god, did Brightheart even know? About what? Cinderpelt? Being dead? I'm gonna gonna assume she found out. I'm gonna assume it's... I'm gonna assume these past five minutes, it's been told, and I'm gonna assume that... Spoiler alert! Huh? Brambleclaw doesn't know. (laughs) He was too busy eavesdropping, I guess. Because I'm going to say yeah. that Firestar just quietly made an announcement to everyone and he was too busy uh, eavesdropping on a healthier relationship than his own. Which <laughs> I I am surprised that I said that. I'm surprised that we got right. here. I am flabbergasted that Leafpool and Crowfeather ended up being uh, an example of uh, of a healthy boundary relationship. It uh, And to be honest, right. to be honest, guys... I'm kind of rooting for it now. <laughs> like, the fact that they were... I was like, whoa. They are respecting each other's boundaries. They should kiss. <laughs> like, not that they... No, I know. I know. I know. I'm just like, oh, man. Kind of sucks that they can't kiss now. Is that Stormfur and Brooke? Squirrelflight was by his side. <laughs> Where have you Can't you been? see that it is? Brambleclaw asks, but he feels really bad about how abrupt he sounded. Honestly, you should apologize for other things. But Squirrelflight moves her pelt to brush his. She touches the tip of her tail to his mouth to silence him. Stupid furball, she whispers. Uh Brambleclaw tenses. Is he imagining the affection in her gaze? Beyond them, Ashfur is glaring at him with narrowed eyes. Squirrelflight doesn't notice Ashfur. She limps past Brambleclaw to touch noses with Stormfur and Brooke. Thank StarClan they came. They need all their friends right now. Brambleclaw is exhausted just thinking about how much has to be done. They need to speak to Firestar and get started. Thornclaw staggers up to them on their way. Oh my god, Stormfur, you made it! Thornclaw was Stormfur, it was so he mutters. funny that Thornclaw was just going through it in the background of all last episode. Like <laughs> Thornclaw was just getting his like butt handed to him, and also his sister died. Well, he's shaking his head in confusion. No, it, it can't be. Uh oh. And he slumps to the ground, panting. Uh-oh. Squirrelflight urges him to lie still until his injuries are treated. Oh, no. Because he is, like, super disoriented. Did he just find out? I don't know. He might not know yet. I think a, a, lot, of, a lot of cats seem to be still uh, on the ground. To be fair, I think, like, if I was a doctor, I wouldn't, like, as I'm treating wounds, be like, also everyone's favorite Guess doctor what? died. <laughs> like, I feel like that would do, um, what's the thing we try to avoid? Uh, put them into shock. So. Yeah. I think. Or just, you know, additional emotional distress after every Yeah, thing. re-traumatizing them is not like, you don't pour salt in a wound and you don't tell them about other people that died immediately. Um. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll let's let's everybody gather themselves and get themselves taken care of, and then we'll do the whole. Oh no, everybody's yeah, we'll dead. Yeah, we'll rip that bandaid off after the it's scabbed over a little. Brambleclaw leads Stormfur and Brooke up to Firestar. 
Firestar is surprised. What are they doing here? Stormfur says there will be time to explain that later. For now, he can put them to work. <laughs> Firestar looks around like he doesn't even know where to begin. Uh, can you guys self-motivate for a while? <laughs> well, he says that they should sort out the warrior den so that those who those who are badly injured can rest. And they also need to rebuild the entrance barrier. Um, so those are like kind of our two bigger um, construction concerns. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, big hole. Big hole. But- Yeah, but very few cats are in any shape to start rebuilding anything. Ashfur is slumped on the ground with Leafpool putting cobwebs all over him. (laughs) Cloudtail limps up to Leafpool, saying hello to Stormfur on the way. That's me laying, like, hundreds of (laughs) cobwebs on someone. Well, Cloudtail's holding his forepaw off the ground and asks Leafpool for some cobwebs. Sandstorm is behind him, head bent in exhaustion, tail dragging in the dust. She stops dead when she sees Leafpool. She swings around to look questioningly at Firestar. Leafpool is here, she asks. What happened? Oh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, see? Firestar shakes his head and promises that they'll talk to Leafpool later. For now, she's home. And that's all that matters. I need you to parent. I need you to parent a little bit. But but she's the only doctor at the moment. So Does Firestar also know? She's got a oh, mm, I'm. I guess I'm not sure. I'm very confused about who knows about the dead doctor in with the babies right now. Yeah, I, not like everybody does. Um. But we we've got more stuff going on. Like and also, I I guess kudos to Firestar if he does, like if he did figure it out. Where he's like, well, watching your mentor die, pretty harsh. So I'm not gonna yeah, he's like, like lay oh, yeah. into you for trying to have some of that good good. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not so much like oh, we're not gonna go and make sure she's okay. It's like oh, we're just like like this. That was a lot on her. This has been a lot on her. Let's you know. Give Their her a little parenting space. tactics are insane. <laughs> Gentle parenting, you have nothing on this. Firestar! Firestar, have those crow food eaters gone? It's mouse fur. <laughs> <laughs> I love mouse fur. Who is she talking about? The badgers or uh, or wind clan? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great question. Um... She's with Goldenflower and Longtail, picking their way down the tumble of rocks in the dark. And Mouse Longtail's fur is like, missing oh, I some can fur climb. on her shoulder. Yeah. Well, Longtail's tail was bleeding, and Goldenflower had a deep scratch down her side. Oh, from the Brambleclaw meets them and asks if they're all right. Fine, Mousefur grumbled. A badger tried to climb up High Ledge. They sent it back down faster than it had intended. Sick. Goldenflower asks if they could come back. Longtail says they better not. He flexes his claws. There's badger fur caught in them. Hell yeah! He says he doesn't hey need guys. to see to fight badgers. He can find them by their disgusting smell. What, what, did we like, just, badgers like, smell bad. I do not need to see. Did we just like unable make un? Do we unableize the last episode, like or last book, which has happened there? I do not know. Well, Firestar says they should have Leafpool check their wounds. Leafpool? Mousefur asks sharply. She's back, is she? For good, or until that WindClan warrior starts sniffing around again? <clears throat> Brambleclaw holds his tongue because he thinks Mousefur is being harsh because she's hurt and shocked. No, 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 but no, also, no, no, this she is has Mousefur. a point! <laughs> I think at least some people shouldn't be nice to Leafpool. I know that might be a hot, uh, like a hot take, but I do think Leafpool should get some crap. Like, yeah, she had some bad. Mousefur's here to make sure everybody gets the crap. They yeah, uh, <laughs> Mousefur said equal rights, equal fights. Everyone gets hated on by Mousefur. And who's this? Mousefur asks. Stormfur, what is he doing here? <laughs> I like how she looks knew uncomfortable. Who he was. 
Stormfur is like, oh, I'm just visiting. Mousefur grunts. Wasn't he a River Clan warrior? Why is he here and not there? Well, Mousefur, don't be so ungrateful. Stormfur says indignantly. <laughs> they need all the help they can, and Stormfur is half Thunderclan. He's ugly. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Graystripe. I never really liked Graystripe. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Mousefur bristles, but is interrupted by a cry from Ferncloud. Ferncloud raced through the broken entrance. Dustpelt, where are you? She cried. She uh, she gazes around, yowling Dustpelt's name. And Brambleclaw comes up to her, and she asks if he's seen Dustpelt. Brambleclaw hasn't, but we know Squirrelflight did. What? Uh, last why are we? Wh- why are we looking for Dustpelt? Well, Ferncloud had been out of camp. Remember, she was up with Daisy and the kits, so she doesn't know what happened. Oh. So, but we we we've seen Dustpelt, so yeah, you don't. He's need to worry, fine, but he Ferncloud just is still worried. Well, Brambleclaw's gonna help her look. Um, Ferncloud wailed that she should have stayed with him. She never should have left camp. He can't be dead. No, honey, honey, baby, ba ba ba, come here, squirrel flight, squirrel flight. You're right there. Squirrel flight, baby, we guys. Hey, I think everyone. Hi, hi, everyone. Okay, here's who's dead. Cinderpelt. Who hears who is not dead? Dustbell. Everyone take that in. Oh, oh, did you forget about the other guy who died? Who's the other guy that died? Ta-ta-ta. Oh, the cat? The, like, kid? Bram- the paw? Who was that? Um, Some no. kid died. Well, I guess now you get to find out. A kid died. I don't remember his name. The one who, like, just became a warrior? Brambleclaws. Was he a warrior? Brambleclaws. No. <laughs> yes, he was a warrior. Anyway, he's dead, guys. He didn't really make it that far. Brambleclaw is searching among the debris before he finds a heap of tabby fur in the shadows. Dustpel's eyes are closed, but his ears twitch and he sneezes. Brambleclaw cl- calls Ferncloud over. Ferncloud, I found At your the husband. sound of his mate. <laughs> He's kind of gross right now. Yeah, I don't want to touch him. Can you come clean him? <laughs> At the sound of his mate calling his name, Dustpelt struggles to his paws. Ferncloud brushes her pelt against his and licks him all over, oh, and Dustpelt lets out an unsteady purr. Brambleclaw decides that if Dustpelt can stand, he can wait a bit before Cinderpelt or Leafpool see to him. Uh, womp womp. Uh-oh. Hey guys, I have some news. Oh wow, they're like legitimately doing the thing I was talking about. Yeah. Birchpaw had followed Ferncloud into camp. He's missing nearly all of the fur on his haunches, and his eye is closed. Birchpaw. And he looks scared and nervous. Oh, no. Poor little Birchpaw. Did he just get beat up by the brambles? What? No, he got beat up by a badger, I and then remember. his mom. A took lot him happened out. last episode. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, Daisy and her kits pick their way through the damaged barrier. And the kits stare with huge eyes at the destructed dens and the wounded cats. Barry Kit spots Midnight and draws back his lips in a snarl. He paces towards her, small legs stiff and fur bristling. Barry Kit, Daisy squeaked in alarm. What is he doing? Fight. Midnight tells Barry Kit that there is nothing to fear. Fighter now. But Daisy glares and sweeps her kit away. Brambleclaw realizes that Daisy has absolutely no way of knowing who Midnight was. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, she probably hasn't even heard this story. <laughs> that we have a badger friend. Daisy gets like, I'll do it. I'll kill her. Well, Leafpool explains to Daisy that Midnight was a friend, and Daisy isn't convinced. She's like, there's so many Barry Kit tells his m- Barry Kit tells his mother not to worry. He'll look after her. <laughs> Cloudtail comes up and says he bet Barry Kit would. He'll make a great warrior one day. I don't want to live here. This guy sucks. Barry Kit tells his littermates that he'll race them to the nursery. No, wait, Cloudtail calls. Mm-hmm. They can't go in there yet. Daisy asks why not? Her kits need to rest. Mm-hmm. Cinderpelt's body is in there, Leafpool says quietly. And Brambleclaw stares in disbelief. Cinderpelt was dead? Womp. Yeah, so Brightheart probably knows. Womp. Yeah, I think Brightheart figured it out. 
she was probably in and out there, but like, yeah. mm-hmm, okay, I'll have to cope with this. <laughs> Quietly. Yeah. Like, I've coped with every trauma that's happened to me. Well. Now you all know. I I think that's good. Yeah, what a note to end on. Yeah. Hey, guys, don't yeah. go in the place you Cinderpump's sleep. Dead. There's a dead cat in there. <laughs> oh, the place that we keep babies? Oh, yeah, and Sorreltail's still in there with all her babies. It's really fun. We like to keep it fresh here. Um... Yeah, we're gonna um yeah, we're gonna continue next week with more of the aftermath and trauma of the Badger Attack. So if you guys wanna keep things fresh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram at WCWITcast. Or if you want to keep in touch, you can send us an email at WCWITcast and at gmail.com. And if you want to help with the podcast, um you can share it with a friend and say, hey. Uh, remember how, like, a lot episode, last episode was, like, super, like, a lot, like, a lot happened? More continues to happen. It's still happening. It's still happening. But it's, like, a little slower this time because we're not actively being murdered. So. Yeah. We're not actively being murdered. Because I'm Ember Heart. And I'm Tangleton. And this has been Warrior Cats. What is that?